you like what you're hearing, put your money where your media is by supporting ad-free independent podcasts like this one. Go to lauraflanders.com slash membership and thank you. Hi, I'm Laura Flanders and this is The Laura Flanders Show, the TV and radio program that seeks to raise radical spirits by interviewing forward-thinking people with real models of shifting power from the few to the many in the worlds of arts, entrepreneurship and politics. This week on The Laura Flanders Show, a special report from Athens, Greece. A lot of people remember the story of Syriza, the progressive left government that took power after the financial crisis here on a promise of fighting austerity. Syriza eventually conceded exactly to that austerity regime and has been responsible for implementing it. But what a lot of people don't know or know less about are all the other ways that Greeks responded to the financial crisis and the creative ways they found to meet the needs of their community, the economic, social and political needs. People today look at those initiatives, some of which we'll talk about on today's show, and think perhaps in those lies the foreground of a reality that needs to shift before we can have new forms of government. So before governments of a new sort take power, do people in communities need to make power in a different way? That's what we're going to be talking about here on The Laura Flanders Show. Welcome. In 2015, in a nation burdened with debt and in the depths of a depression, Greeks elected the left-leaning Syriza party, which had pledged to resist the debt payment plan demanded by the European banks. Athenians Christos Giovannopoulos and Anna Lascari weren't imagining that the new government would solve all their nation's problems, but they were shocked when not even a year after taking power, Prime Minister Alexis Tsipras called a referendum on the austerity plan and then did exactly the opposite of the majority vote. I sat down with Jovanopoulos, a longtime activist and founding member of the Hub for Social Economy, Empowerment and Innovation, at Lascari's flat. She's a filmmaker and an artist. Between the years of uh, 2010 and 2015, when Syriza was elected, there were many different kinds of movements that grew up in uh, Greece. It was the beginning of a, a new kind of political culture that was based on a grassroots, self-organized uh, structures. Directly after that, it comes the crisis, the deterioration of the conditions, of the labor conditions, of the living standards, of the income of the people. Uh, it is, you know, uh, rapid. It was like a shock to the Greek uh, people. By the September of 2012, we had about 200 self-organized groups in education, health, food, without middlemen, uh, uh, time banks, uh, cooperatives, etc., started being existing and uh, built. The change, you know, that was happening in the Greek society was like a huge kind of movement, a huge urgency, and uh, old activists were reactivated, new people, you know, that have never done anything to do with uh, politics, they were seeing hope, and they were giving, they wanted somebody in this level of political power to represent them. Syriza was an opportunity for them to kick out the old political uh, establishment, at least. This is what they were uh, hoping uh, for, and to stop 
the deterioration of their kind of uh, conditions. The biggest disappointment and um, I would say that uh, we suffer as a society, it was uh, the uh, referendum. Mm -hmm. It was the first uh, uh, gathering at Sindagma that so many people were down to see the results and after the results of the referendum everybody was rushed to Sindagma and it was the first time after 2012 mm -hmm. that we witnessed that, 2013, 2014, it was kind of uh, things were like uh, okay, uh, demonstrations were just passing through uh, the square, a square that was occupied in 2011-2012, it's packed Sindagma and then Tsipras uh, comes to announce uh, oh, great victory, and you could hear it that he was not pleased with that. There were blackmails that if, from the side of the Troika, that if you don't uh, accept all the terms of con and conditions that we, all the package of the austerity measures, of the bailout, uh, we will kick you out of uh, the euro. People wanted to react. People came out and voted and know not the way they put it against Euro, because if it was another referendum, Euro or no Euro, the yes would have been high. What people were against was the way the negotiations were taking place, how they treat the crisis and how they apply all these austerity measures. After this victory of 62% uh, that the people were enthused for the no and the blow and the defiance against all the austerity packages, against the Troika, against the Greek political uh, establishment, etc., uh, the Prime Minister uh, calls uh, a, a meeting, a joint meeting with the rest of the political uh, parties in order to see how they can reach a new deal with, uh, the, with the Troika. Uh, and in reality, a few days uh, later, they sign up, uh, they put their signature in an agreement that was worse than the one that the people rejected uh, in the referendum. In, in the first two years of the, uh, of the, um, auster of the austerity and the public uh, cuts, we had 35% uh, of the Greek population without, without countering you know, the refugees and the undocumented uh, migrants, which then if we, it adds up to 40%, you know, at least, without any access to the public health care uh, system. So this, as you can imagine, you know, in a very short period of time, changed drastically the way people felt about uh, their fate, you know, about their position in this uh, society. This was the big shock that kind of uh, created this force of anger, but then of uh, hope or looking for hope. I believe that people do vote and people are used to vote and people are used to uh, representative democracy and that people don't really believe in their own power yet. What happened uh, those years left uh, of revolt and uh, the uh, occupations and demonstrations, uh, they gave hope to people they gave, and I think they gave them a sense of strength which found its way to alternative uh, ways of organizing the communities that Christos mentioned, the health centers, uh, the uh, uh, cooperatives, uh, the alternative uh, economies, 
and all sort of collectives that operate uh, right now in, uh, in all over Greece and um, trying through actions of self-organization and management to have a sense of power. That was Anna Lascari and Christos Giovanopoulos. As part of his work with Solidarity for All, a platform for the grassroots solidarity initiatives that grew up in the crisis in Greece, Giovanopoulos came to know the Without Middleman Collective. In a lower middle class neighborhood, the worker-owned grocery store sells products at prices well below the supermarkets. It grew up in the financial crisis when unemployment was raging and benefits were cut. But as Vasilia Kavora and Takis Papatsafiropoulos explained, without middlemen became much more than simply a source of cheap food for the neighborhood. This is our cooperative, our uh, Without Middlemen uh, cooperative. This is where we do the distribution of the goods uh, once the first week of every month. We collect orders of the consumers and uh, the producers bring their stuff here and the consumers come uh, and for three or four days and pick up their, uh, what they have ordered. The prices of the product here are 30 to 40 percent lower than in the market. And this is exactly because we erase, we wipe out the middlemen merchants. The, the best thing it is that through this transaction, the consumers, the producers and the volunteers of this cooperative, they come together, they meet each other and they create, you know, a community. It is very difficult to have a direct relation between the consumers, the users of the group and the producers. But what they do, it is that its product, it's on the package, it has a label with all the contact details of the producers. Initially we were trying to give a possibility for a better use of the income of the citizens. The idea is that uh, the aim is uh, whatever small profit is produced from this uh, operation to return back again to this community of people and to the larger uh, community, to the community of the volunteers and to the larger community. What we do, I don't uh, see it as uh, competitive to the rest, but as uh, an initiative that we try to make them better, make the whole uh, system uh, better. And the enemy of the good is the best, the better. We try to prove that uh, capital is not necessary in order to have a trade uh, exchange. What is enough, it is a social uh, collaboration. After uh, the few years, you know, that we operate, uh, we have uh, started to to dream, to imagine a different uh, way of distribution of goods. Instead of the uh, concentration of the whole distribution in four, five big supermarket uh, chains, we go towards the other direction and we imagine as a network of uh, small autonomous distribution places. We had learned to live with uh, plenty, okay, and suddenly we, we, we were left with uh, nothing. And in this condition we, we, we learned how to share things with each other. And we can live with less, but we can live with dignity. And we don't care only about our lives, but also the lives of the, of the other people. And this is something, you know, viable that we learned. 
πιστεύω ότι. We need to open up, you know, towards the society to to better our own peculiar kind of conditions as a common interest. We cannot do it if we don't take initiatives to change the larger conditions. That was Vasilia Kavora and Takis Papatseferopoulos, worker owners of the Without Middleman Cooperative Market in Athens, Greece. This is the Laura Flanders Show. I'm Laura. You're listening to a special report from Athens, two years after the election of the Syriza government in 2015. Want to do away with the middleman and keep this program free? Become a sustaining subscriber at lauraflanders.com for as little as $2 a month. You may not realize it, but with every gift, you're cooperating in the making of collaboratively made media. Do it. And if you want to see the interviews in this week's show and the food and produce on the shelves of the grocery market, watch at our website or on YouTube, Free Speech TV and Link TV. We'll be back right after this musical break featuring Hook Crook by Antibalas from their latest studio album, Where the Gods Are in Peace. More to come. So broken, made by Spinal Doctor, who can cut the cook? The system won't know. Let's make it fair and build it. Me too, align with all of us. To walk us and fellow students, teaching teachers, let us do it together. In the United States, a lot of people talk about meeting communities' needs in alternative ways, whether it's healthcare or education or governance. Here in Athens, a lot of people have an experience of actually creating those realities on the ground, like this Solidarity Health Clinic in North Philadelphia, a suburban neighborhood of Athens. We started this self-organized social clinic. Dimitra Zeneca, psychologist at the social clinic near Philadelphia. Because there were a lot of people that they didn't have social security to the public health system. Through these three years, we have served about 5,000 people, more or less. Some of them uh, used to have work. They have a good salary and they could afford uh, all their uh, expense about medicine and doctors and all this and uh, now they don't have a work so they they don't have even any kind of income so they don't they can't afford uh, uh, not even pay their uh, few euro for medicines half of them are immigrants and half of them are greek people okay uh, most of them are uh, from pakistan uh, from uh, albany um, few syrian refugees and uh, from Bulgaria, from Russia. Most of them uh, are coming because they have panic attacks. Most of them because of this uh, situation, economical situation. We try to people to realize that they have to open their minds to understand that they have to fight for their future and their health, their work. We don't have to give up uh, for our rights uh, about medicine, about doctors, about hospitals, about uh, anything that we we pay through taxes for this. After the election, they felt that uh, now what? For, for, for what we have to try? There is no any other uh, political party that can represent us. But they don't have hopes, they don't have solutions, they don't have any horizon that something will change and something will be better. And this is very crucial for panic attacks. We try to find the powerful 
things they already have. Because, as we used to say, that if they arrived until here, they do have power. They, they can go on. Just they have to remember their strengths and uh, with them to find again the hope and to create new solutions, new ways of living. That was Dimitra Zinica, psychologist, systemic psychotherapist, and counselor at the social clinic of Nia Philadelphia, just outside Athens. As we were talking, volunteer Mohammed Awais from Pakistan came up and wanted to share his experience of the Solidarity Clinic. Dimitra was good enough to translate. Here's Mohammed. He says that uh, he, he feels like um, like he belongs to a family with uh, the doctors and uh, when he's here he helps them and uh, they help him and his friends. Mm -hmm. uh, he says the same that it was really a problem when uh, he gets uh, uh, friends in the hospital that uh, uh, they behave as like human because in the hospital because in the hospital they said, ah, you're from Pakistan, so stay, stay away, wait outside. Uh, here it's not like this. They behave them like human. It's very moving. Uh, this is our prophet. <laughs> this is the prophet, yes. That uh, some people who were, you know, out of the system, here it's not like this. This is the difference. But this has, has nothing to do with clinics or walls. It has to do with people. Dimitri Zeneca and Mohammed Weiss spoke to me at the Free Medical Clinic at Nia, Philadelphia, just outside Athens. This is The Laura Flanders Show, and I'm Laura. You're listening to a special report on power, making it and taking it. Can governments, even left-wing ones, govern differently if society hasn't changed first? If you find these programs thought-provoking, give us a review on iTunes and spread the word. We rely on you. Go to lauraflanders.com for more. How to find hope in the face of hopelessness, reclaim public space, and creative resistance, says filmmaker Anna Lascari. In her flat, she described the Athens Report she directed. It's a collective documentation project that covers life and protest in Athens since 2008. It's contributed to by citizen journalists all across the city and the country. She talked about it with me and solidarity economics activist Christos Giovanopoulos. The Athens Report is a platform, it's a collective archive uh, that classifies videos and photographs of uh, people that participated in occupations and uh, demonstrations uh, throughout the years 2008 to 2015 which is the second time that the Syriza government came to power. It collects those archives to, to show the public space, to see how people uh, reclaim the public space through their actions, and those videos are taken only all by people that participated in, they were active participants in those actions. We're collecting interviews from people that lived uh, um, in the route of a trolley, that's the project is uh, based. Um, interviews of people that lived uh, certain years, uh, uh, Greeks or uh, migrants that lived in Greece, 
uh, through austerity, their uh, ways of uh, suffering, their uh, ways of uh, decrease the, of income, uh, losing their jobs, uh, and uh, uh, seeing their communities to deteriorate. Austerity meant a lot of things. The first, uh, the first hit was people lost uh, jobs. We had uh, um, a lot of stores that closed down. Uh, uh, salaries dropped, insecurity moved in, uh, and feeling that you cannot plan a future. People, you know, they're confused, they're completely disillusioned uh, on the political scale. And I think the tendency it is that the people don't want to, they, they deny even more actively any prospect in the, or any belief in, uh, in representational uh, democracy. But uh, the people st carry on doing and developing their uh, grassroots uh, work in this form of uh, creative resistances. I call them creative resistances. It is not that they ignore the issue of political power, but rather they understand in more concrete ways that what does it mean to create power and to create a different sort of power that is not this hierarchical way, but to create the power to change the world exactly because you create the material conditions and the, uh, the, the everyday culture and the imagination that people can share in order to change, you know, things uh, uh, are done. It's a lot of experience and a lot of uh, uh, content that's being produced here. Uh, we um, worked in different ways within uh, collectives, organizing demonstrations, reclaiming public space, uh, uh, having clinics and all that. Um, all this, I think, needs to be translated to real tools for people to use. The experience of the disappointment, disillusionment that we have gone uh, through, or betrayal, some they call it, uh, it highlights only uh, the impossibility of uh, changing things just by taking power. Transformative social change, it has to be an organic uh, process that opens up spaces that shares power, that you reclaim the power to create your material conditions of your life, but also your imaginative conditions of your life, how you would like to live in this world, and not only uh, to fight for survival. So when it comes to finding new ways to organize society, some Greeks are finding inspiration in surprising places like in the community of migrant women organized by Melissa here in Athens. We are at the day center of Melissa Network in the heart of Athens, Victoria Square. Melissa is um, a network for migrant and refugee women who live in Greece. Melissa means honeybee in Greek. And the idea of the day center was to create a kind of beehive. This also explains our vision of society. It stands for what our vision is, which is a society is an open beehive of communication, creativity, and exchange. My name is Marzia Jamili. I'm from Afghanistan. I'm 16 years old. I was born as a refugee. And I came to Greece last year. I was very uh, happy to come here and I feel myself very safe because when we were in the camp, uh, the camp was not very safe. And, uh, 
I feel very happy in this place. In Melissa now it's like my house and they're like my family. In Melissa we have the involvement of women from over 45 countries, as well as many of the most active organizations, women's groups, associations and organizations. So it's the long-term migrants who are actually involved in the implementation of our current program. Because long-term migrant women are the ones who know better than anybody else or who are better positioned to know what works in terms of integration and what doesn't work. We've created all together um, a sort of holistic approach to what we perceive of as integration. And it's based on literacy support, psychosocial support, art and creativity, information sessions. So we do a lot of information sessions on social rights, legal rights, labor rights, all the you know, different sets of things that they ought to know. Referral, so we have a referral pathway in case people need case management. Capacity building, so skills, either through experts that we employ or through community people that we employ who may be doing cooperative training or team building or other, um, other skills like first aid and other things, and self-care. And self-care is very important, especially for women, especially after such a long and arduous journey, because it somehow shifts the focus back on themselves and give them a bit of space to, to look after their own well-being. They make me very strong, and they, they give me hope about the future. When I came here, I found everything here. They tell me that, uh, that Everyone can be as their self, and uh, after that I feel, yes, I'm as a person that I can do everything. Now I feel that at first I was like a bird, but now I feel that I can be a prime minister in the future. For us, aid is something that someone gives to someone else, so it entails a passive recipient, and we don't perceive refugees or migrants as passive recipients of aid. They are active agents of social change. So our belief was that the moment you create a solid space, a solid ground under their feet, they will be able to do wonders. The thing we, we witness on a daily basis, from the simplest to the most abstract and complex, is the solutions, the simple solutions that people have to find, the strategies they build. I believe that that's where we're going to find the hope for the future. Uh, we, we were doing one activity uh, which was um, on International Women's Day and people were writing different you know, wishes that they had for the future and a friend of Marzia wrote on a piece of paper that I want to be um, a commander or a surgeon. So we thought that if we can accommodate this range of possibility, then we're, you know, there's something happening here. So that's it from me this week from Athens, Greece. You've been watching The Laura Flanders Show. You can find at our website links to all the organizations we've talked with and more information about what's happening here and how you can plug in. The show's produced by yours truly, Laura Flanders, and supervising producer Anna Barsan. Our team that pulls it all together includes Monica Mohapatra, Natasha Elena Ullman, Jeannie Hopper, Danica D'Souza, Emily Allen, Charlotte Prager, and Diego Romero Montiel. Write to me. I enjoy hearing from you. That's Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at lauraflanders.com. 
Tell me what you think. I do my best to respond. The Laura Flanders Show is made possible by the Novo Foundation and listeners like you. So become a member today. Thank you for your time and your ongoing support. We could not do it without you. Stay kind. Stay curious. Till the next time, I'm Laura Flanders.